Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers, live at 5. This is our 5 at 5 Tuesday after the seeing the patients, questions from patients and just people, anybody that wants to write in or email us on um, five different questions that you may have based on what you're feeling right now or previous podcast or subjects that are timely. Um, you can email those in at performancemedicine.net or just call the office and submit a question. Uh, we like to do this at the end of the day on every Tuesday, and it always has some great questions. And I, I look at this and just answer them the best I know how without a lot of, of research, so it's kind of off the cuff. Sometimes for me, that's the best way to do it. So um, anyway, I hope you've had a great day. Tuesday is the most productive day of the week in American business. So um, I guess it's because on Mondays, you're kind of tired from the weekend. Tuesdays, you're at your prime. And then the rest of the week, you may go downhill. I don't know. Seems like Friday's my best day. But anyway, let's get to the questions. Question number one. I have lost 40 pounds in three months without trying. I wake up several times a night, have heart palpitations, and losing a lot of hair. My primary care provider writes it off as just anxiety and isn't ordering any further tests beyond a CBC and CMP. What other tests should I be running to try and find out the root cause? What else would you look at? Well, this is actually screaming out to check your thyroid. If you're losing 40 pounds without trying, you're having tachycardia, palpitations, losing your hair, um, you have to check that thyroid. It's probably hyperthyroidism, Graves' disease, which is an autoimmune thing. So that's, you know, that's really, really one of those things you have to look into immediately. Um, so please check your thyroid that's screaming out i mean that's it could be some other things like adrenals or i mean it always could be anxiety but that 40 pound weight loss without trying that's usually not anxiety um but anyway so please check your thyroid um you mentioned in this week's doctor's note that there are some conditions where you wouldn't put someone on iodine what are some of these conditions? Who should stay away from iodine supplementation? Um, you know, we did have an interesting talk about iodine. Iodine is very underchecked, underutilized. It's it's in every cell. It's responsible for a lot of uh, metabolic pathways and and things. You know, usually when you think about iodine, you think about um, the thyroid, but you know, iodine is also concentrated in the breast, ovaries, prostate, and really every other cell in the body. Uh, but we generally check, you know, check the thyroid out first. So um, I wouldn't put anybody on any significant amount of iodine unless I check their iodine levels. Um, so you don't just willy nilly go slapping somebody on iodine because even though most of us are kind of deficient in iodine. 85% of us probably are. Um, the other 15% are not and may even, in rare cases, have too much iodine. And uh, too much iodine can cause um, thyroid cancer and maybe some other problems. So, um, you know, occasionally I'll see somebody that's taking way too much iodine, um, as I saw this week. 
and caused a very lumpy goiter. So um, the people that should, I wouldn't put anybody on it without examining them and um, checking levels. Uh, so great question, though. Um, question number three. Five to 10,000 units of vitamin D per day seems like a lot. I hear a lot of people say that's too much. Why do you say we should take that amount? Is there a reason people are afraid to take that dose? And what don't they understand? That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, you know, people think that's a lot of vitamin D. Um, you know, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, so it could build up in your system. But, you know, what I find is I usually start out with 5,000 and that's kind of an, an average dose. Um, kind of like the previous question, I like to check levels. Um, and you want your, you know, the normal vitamin D level in the bloodstream is anywhere from 30 to 100. And in my opinion, you need your level 60 to 80. Um, you know, and sometimes that may take 10,000. Sometimes it may take 15,000. It depends on how much you're absorbing of your vitamin D. If you're on a lot of chronic acid reducers in your stomach, you're not going to absorb it by swallowing that vitamin D pill. And most people certainly don't get enough through the sunshine, which is where you usually get it, um, especially in the winter. But I rarely find people getting enough, even if they're out in the sun a lot. Certainly darker-skinned people are a lot more vitamin deficient than uh, lighter-skinned people. That's why those people have a lot more problems with COVID, as I keep emphasizing you need to take your vitamins to prevent COVID. D, C, and zinc. Um, it helps your immune system. But um, so, I mean, there are some rare conditions where you can kind of affect your calcium metabolism um, by taking too much vitamin D. You could even precipitate some kidney stones with this or parotid duct stones or, you know, but um, that's really rare. Um, you know, I've seen people with levels of 100 or a little bit more. Uh, many, many people, they don't have problems. But um, So check the levels. And remember, if you're over 50 years old, you really need vitamin K in with your D, vitamin K2. What that does is help the vitamin D bring the calcium into your bones, not your arteries. You don't want, you don't want calcification in your arteries or your joints. Uh, you want the calcium to go into your bones and make your bones strong. Um, so, you know, certainly I, I don't have problems with people taking five, ten thousand, even more. But I always want to check levels, and you know, once a year you should have your calcium level checked anyway to see if you're one of those rare people who can have a problem with too much vitamin D. It can happen, um, but again, it's rare. But um, so check the levels. It's a simple, cheap blood test and see where you are, and try to aim for about 60 to 80. Um, great question. We're getting some good questions today. Question number four. Are there supplements that can help short-term memory loss? Another great question. Yeah, there are. Um, the one I take is Cognitex. It's made by Life Extension. Um, has some things in it that kind of help bring those synaptic connections in your neurons a little tighter um, has phosphatidyl serine in it and I think some phosphatidylcholine 
um, Vimpositines, another supplement that can help. Bacopa is another supplement that can help. Um, I really like that one a lot. Um, so, you know, with short-term memory loss, if you're starting to get a lot of short-term memory loss, you need that worked up. You need to, to look at your genetic APOE status for one thing to see if you're predisposed to that. And if you are, you need to really do everything you can to try to prevent getting dementia. Um, hormones, bioidentical hormones are certainly um, very important with preventing dementia. Um, women are more at risk for, than men for dementia of the Alzheimer's type, for sure, because of hormones. That's why you want to take bioidentical hormones, um, unless you have some reason, rare reason why you couldn't. Um, so... Yeah, there are supplements you can do on that. I think vitamin D is a very good supplement for brain health. I think, um, you know, making sure that you're, you don't develop diabetes or that if you do have diabetes that your sugar levels are very well under control. I mean, there's a reason why they call Alzheimer's disease type 3 diabetes because it's a, a problem with glucose metabolism. Um, so... Um, think about getting the Cognitex. If you go to any neurologist, they're going to tell you to take these supplements. And the ones that are really on top of things will tell you to check your hormone levels if you think you're getting some memory loss. And other things you can do are the, the sensible things like exercise, get a good night's sleep, maintain your social relationships, and um, stay lean. I mean, the other thing, when you get obese... Um, that's, that's a bad thing for dementia. You know, the bigger your body gets, the smaller your brain is, for sure. It shrinks your brain, actually, because it induces a state of inflammation. So, great question. These are good today. Last question. You said recently that insulin might be the most important hormone we have. That's a timely question as it relates to glucose metabolism. Why is that, and how can we make sure our insulin levels are under control. Well, you know, insulin affects every um, cell in the body. Um, you know, you think about diabetes, which is rampant in our country right now. Um, I just talked to my last patient of the day was a school nurse and asked how many type 1 diabetics she had. And um, she has several at her elementary school where she's at. And she told me there are 45 type 1 diabetics in the Kingsport City School System. I mean, that's unbelievable. You know, of course, I have two diabetic children since they were little, so I'm tuned into this. But, um, gosh, back when I was a kid, I can't ever remember ever knowing of a type 1 diabetic. I mean, it's just the it's just rampant. I mean, look at all the, the, the kids also that have obesity, which is insulin resistance autism, um, ADHD. I mean, a lot of it's because we live in a very toxic world. Uh, we've got <clears throat> a very obese school age population, and that has direct, it has directly to do with that insulin resistance. Um, so insulin affects your thyroid, which controls your metabolism. So it's not just the sugar that it Insulin is put out, it's a hormone put out by the pancreas to bring the sugar from your bloodstream into the cells to give it energy. And a lot of times, um, 
If you eat too much sugar or unrefined carbs, your insulin level has to keep going up higher and higher to put that sugar from your bloodstream into the cells. Eventually, you become insulin resistant. It doesn't work. And so eventually that leads to type 2 diabetes. Type 1 is a whole different animal. But um, so you may have a normal sugar level. You may even have a normal hemoglobin A1C, which is a three to four month measure of average sugar levels. But what I always do is check insulin levels um, because that's the first sign that you've got some problems going on with your diet or your weight. Some of it can be genetic, too, and there can be some other causes of it, too, like, you know, some cortisol problems or some thyroid problems, as I mentioned before. But the main thing you can do to prevent insulin resistance is stay lean and eat the right kind of foods and exercise. Even getting a good night's sleep will help your insulin metabolism. So, um, you know, insulin, like I said, diabetes, um, Alzheimer's has been called type 3 diabetes, so there's a lot of brain activities that insulin affects. Um, it affects your mood. It affects your energy levels. Um, every cell in your body needs insulin just to survive. So, um, And most people eat way too many carbs and not enough good fats. Um, and maybe even too much protein, which if you get too much, it can um, turn into sugar in your body. Um, so... Very important that you look at these insulin levels and sugar levels. I check them every day, multiple times in my office. Um, you know, the the uh, the best blood test that I do in my office is called a Cleveland Heart Panel, and it has a lot of the insulin numbers, insulin sensitivity numbers, A1Cs, C peptides, um, all that stuff. So we can see what that insulin level does. And the good thing about it. We have good medications besides, you know, you need to get on a low-carb diet and maybe do some intermittent fasting. But we have good medicines to reduce insulin in your body like metformin, um, some of the GLP-1 inhibitors like uh, Ozempic, Victoza, Saxenda, uh, Bieta, Bidurion. There's a lot of things we use to kind of control that. It, it causes a lot of good weight loss. Farsiga is another one, Genuvia. Um, so we have a lot of good medications to help bring this down. Remember, it's a metabolic disease, really. I mean, and it needs to be worked up and treated because if you don't, you're going to spend the rest of your life overweight, probably diabetic and not even know it, increase your risk of dementia later in life, and you know, just lead for a lot of inflammation in your joints, etc. throwing your thyroid adrenals off, you know, terrible way to age so look at those insulin levels it's it's maybe the most important probably is the most important hormone we have i would say that without um question it is so anyway those are five great questions i hope it helped you a lot um if you have anything you need uh you know look on our some of our youtube videos and our all the things we've been doing for many years now and go to our archives and look through some of the stuff on some of the other topics that you have. Um, or submit your questions every Tuesday. We'll try to answer your questions as best we know how. Um, and I hope you have a great week. It's fall. It's getting a little cooler. It's a beautiful time of the year. So enjoy. And uh, any questions, come see us at Performance Medicine. Thank you.
Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.